everybody. My name is Liz Crow, and I'm the Staff Wellbeing Consultant at the Royal Brisbane and Women Hospital in Brisbane. Today, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about self-care, particularly during this surge um, with COVID. Liz, thank you very much for joining us on the Senate podcast once again. As you said, we have spoken before. We spoke in April last year about clinician wellbeing, but we really appreciate you coming back to have another chat with us to offer some advice and support to clinicians and healthcare workers as Queensland experiences this surge of COVID-19 cases. Liz, what are your tips for clinicians and those working in the health system who may be feeling anxious at the moment? I don't know how anyone cannot be feeling anxious and, and I think even more than anxious, it's just the general physical and psychological fatigue. We have been on the starting blocks waiting for this surge for almost three years and I think that can be just as exhausting, just as tiring as doing it in some ways because the threat of it and the you know there's a saying there's nothing worse to fear than fear itself and we've been living with that fear for a very long time. We've been in and out of lockdowns. We've been unable to really leave the state to catch up with family and friends and participate in really significant events. People have had to cancel weddings. Um, People haven't been able to be in attendance at births. Really significant milestones. And I guess the thing that I'm observing at the moment is just this general anxiety from working parents about how on earth they're going to juggle everything that's going on in the hospital with homeschooling schooling. Uh, I remember during the last big lockdown, you know, the amount of nursing staff in particular that came to me at the Queensland Children's just saying, I don't think my marriage is going to survive homeschooling. Just the pressures of who does what and how on earth um, you organise childcare and learning. I was speaking to someone this morning whose child started high school and didn't, you know, have their head around the concept of going to all different classes rooms, how different it was from primary school, and trying to negotiate that off teams. So I think there's there's just, it's so multi-layered and multifaceted, and I think anxiety, but as I said, even more so fatigue at the moment, it would kind of be weird if you weren't experiencing anything like that. And so Liz, what, what are your tips for everyone to manage as best they can through this? So I think, you know, it's such an individualised thing, but just broadly speaking, you know, we need to kind of stay calm. On the whole, we're very safe here in Queensland. We've been vaccinated. We're prepared. We know what this is. It's currently containable. We've got good science around it. So just to kind of like when you feel yourself becoming overwhelmed, remind yourself that we've done these hard yards before. We, we know what the fear is about and we're allowed to normalise that. And I guess be self-compassionate around that concern. Keep yourself really informed. Uh, I think one of the biggest dangers out there at the moment is there's so much um, misinformation about COVID, about what's happening day to day, about threats of lockdowns that actually aren't true. In Queensland Health, we get a broadcast every day. Stay in touch with that. And at a really local level, speak to your managers and your peers so that that's your main source of information rather than Facebook or something that one of the other school mums has heard. A really big one is to stay connected. Uh, Often I see people who say, you know, I stay connected. I'm on social media. As human beings, we really crave 
uh, genuine connection. So, you know, talk to your peers who are actually the only people who really understand exactly what you're going through at work. Stay connected to your family and your friends, particularly people that really fill your soul, make you laugh, keep you happy. And I guess in some way, stay connected with things that we can still be grateful for, um, that we, you know, we do have a great healthcare system, we've got great PPE, that we are vaccinated, and that on the whole, we should actually come through this fairly well. We spoke a little bit before about normalising your emotions and I I think this is a real crime even outside of COVID that we're saying, you know, what are we going to do about staff being distressed, about, you know, bearing witness to grief, distress, confronting, you know, visual injuries, violence, things that are genuinely distressing. You know, we would never report or want to send someone home for laughing at work, just like we should not really be overreacting when someone's distressed at work. We need to support them. We need to normalise it. We need to make sure that they get the help that they need if they need help. Because often, you know, if we're responding to a normal distress, that doesn't necessarily need an intervention. That needs a friend and compassion and and someone to look out for us. As best we can, we've got to try and keep our routine. And this can be a bit of a challenge. You know, I know lots of people aren't wanting to go to the gym or do things like that when you have to wear a mask. But to, you know, find creative ways to do that. You know, there's online dance classes that you can do really daggy in the comfort of your own home. There's a 30-day yoga challenge for free online. Take your kids out for a swim in the pool or go to a local pool. Find ways to, I guess, to move your body, to be respectful of what it is that your body needs to feel, you know, nourished and alive. Try to drink lots of water, particularly while it's so very hot, and eat well with lots of different colour food on your plate, and that does not include Fruit Loops. Reach out as soon as you can. You know, if you feel yourself like, hey, you know, I feel really depleted, this isn't like me. I've had a few a few staff um, come and see me in the last week to say, you know what, I'm the most resilient person and I'm, I'm struggling. Um, so reach out, put your hand up and say, you know, does anyone else feel like this or, or actually my normal coping capacities aren't doing it for me at the moment and I need something additional. So listen to yourself when you do that and put your hand up really fast. And lastly, I would encourage all of us to try and use positive language. There's nothing worse than when you're walking in the door um, to start a shift and you say to someone, oh, how are you? And they're like, oh, it's hell in there. Or, you know, living the dream. Um, I know it's really tempting to kind of surrender to that, but it's not a nice way to start the day. So really, you know, when you start your shift or you're finishing your shift, when you're conversing with the people that are on surely you know do give them the facts make sure that they're prepared for the shift but try and frame that in a way that they can feel positive and optimistic about the next 8 to 12 hour day that they're about to endure and Liz what can leaders do to support their staff particularly at the moment well I've got a little infogram which people if they want it I can send it to them Um, it's a little poster and it basically just goes through a couple of little things that would be helpful and the first one is to lead me and I think leaders just speak truthfully let your staff know what the plan is and if that change is constantly changing just keep them updated if you don't know what the what is the plan for the day or there's some uncertainty be very clear about that so let people know what the risks are what would the risks aren't um, and what's the unknown 
be really visible means a huge amount to staff to be able to see their leads on the floor. Uh, I really love it at the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital that you often see our Director of Nursing, Andy Carter, in the wards in full PPE, you know, bathing patients, giving a hand. Equally, David Rosengren still works shifts, Gil Nassado uh, will mop the floor when it's raining. You know, very visible because it says this is a shared experience and make sure you always thank your staff. The next one is hear me. So listen to our staff's concerns, advocate for our staff and provide good feedback for our staff. Feedback's really important, particularly it's it's all about the detail. I think often people often say, oh, thanks for, the, thanks for the job you did today or good work. That doesn't teach our staff anything. Part of good well-being is professional growth and development. So be very specific about what we're saying. You know, thank you for the kindness and compassion you showed your peers today it made a really big difference in this you know boosting morale on the floor that makes uh, so much more impact for your staff than just saying thanks protect me so we know we've got enough PPE. Keep reassuring people about that. Keep people updated about really important things like a vaccination boosters, not just for staff, but also for their family and friends, how they can get rat tests and how they can get tested. And protect me, I think it's also really important that we make sure that our patients are not abusing our staff. We have posters everywhere that says we have a zero tolerance, but that's not always been my experience. So make sure that we, to the greatest of our ability, protect our staff um, while they're at work and create a really safe psychological culture where people feel part of the team and that they can contribute. The next one is um, prepare me. So just keep staff informed, educate them. If you don't have COVID patients yet and that's a possibility, engage in things like simulations and mock patients so that people get an um, opportunity to try on the PPE and how it's all going to happen. If you've got redeployed staff in your unit, please keep an eye on them. We know that redeployment is really terrifying for staff, particularly in, if they're in an area of practice that they don't know anything about. So make sure that they've got the resources and the backup to actually do those jobs. Support me. So that's supporting staff practically and psychologically. That's not just going around and saying, oh, you know, thanks or well done or if you need anything. That's really saying, hey, I've noticed you haven't had a lunch break or I know it's been busy. I'm going to create this so that you can have a break. Making sure that there's water and things readily available, particularly for people who are in full PPE. Then there's rest me. So let's just be really mindful when we're doing rosters that we are giving people appropriate times to have a break. Sometimes rosters are really tough on people. They do three nights a day off, two days a day off. Pushing people like that, particularly if they're in PPE at the moment, I don't think is very wise. So when I say rest me, be really mindful about rostering. Be mindful that people have the opportunity to, to have breaks and um, make sure that they've got uh, easy access to fluids, if not fluids and food, if they're particularly if they're in PPE. And last but not least, it's care for me. Check in with your staff, be kind, be compassionate, be empathic and be understanding. And also I would say to your staff, you know, to people who are 
followers rather than leaders. Be kind to your leaders. I think see a lot of leaders looking very haggard and tired out there at the moment. Um, the higher you go up in an organisation, the more isolated you are. So let's remember that, that those things can go both ways, that um, our leads need to really look after our staff. Equally, our staff need to look after our leads. We need to be operating like a giant community at the moment and remember that we've got so much more in common than we do with differences. And Liz, finally, before we let you go, I was hoping you might be able to tell us a little bit about your Valentine's Day Love Yourself initiative. Oh, thank you. Yes, Beck. So I'm trying to find things that build community and self-care things that are just a little reminder. And I think what happens at the end of every new year, people are like, oh, you know, I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to drink less alcohol. I'm going to be mindful of my coffee. And then, of course, January 1st comes around. It's still the same pressures, the same busyness as it was in the year before. So Valentine's Day is coming up on the 14th of February and regardless how you feel about it, if you think it's a commercial kind of exploiting thing or if you think it's a wonderful romantic gesture, I've got a 14-day program starting where it's really about loving yourself and investing in self-care and every day it'll have a little reminder of something that you could do or try or be engaged in for your own self-care and that's a whole range of things from stargazing to reading, to trying a new form of movement or exercise uh, and engaging with others. Certainly that's happening at the RBWH, but I would have no problems involving any member of Queensland Health. They just have to email me on Liz. Dot crow, C-R-O-W-E at health.qld.gov.au and I'd be happy to send them the booklet. Yeah, it's just a timely reminder for all of us to put our own oxygen masks on first so then we can be better at assisting others. So good self-care is good patient care, is good parenting, is good partnering. Uh, it all starts with us. Liz, fabulous advice as always. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks. And you look after yourself, Beck.